0: Welcome to the World Beyond the tale, the Page day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 96. Want to, my dear? There's still rats in your dress and cold jism dripping down your leg. He unlocked the car and pointed Shadow to the passenger seat. I think she's beautiful, said Shadow, holding the coin up close. Liberty's silver face reminded him a little of Zorya Pulishnaya. That, said Wednesday, driving off, is the eternal folly of man to be chasing after the sweet flesh without realizing that it is simply a pretty cover for the bones. Worm food. At night, you're rubbing yourself against worm food. No offense meant. Shadow had never seen Wednesday quite so expansive. His new boss, he decided, went through phases of extroversion followed by periods of intense quiet. So you aren't American? asked Shadow. Nobody's American, said Wednesday. Not originally. That's my point. He checked his watch. We still have several hours to kill before the banks close. Good job last night with Chernobog, by the way. I would have closed him on coming eventually, but you enlisted him more wholeheartedly than I ever I could have. Only because he gets to kill me afterward. Not necessarily. As you yourself so wisely pointed out, he's old, and the killing stroke might merely leave you, well, paralyzed for life, say. A hopeless invalid. So you have much to look forward to should Mr. Chernobog survive the coming difficulties and there is some question about this, said Shadow, echoing Wednesday's manner, then hating himself for it. Fuck yes, said Wednesday. He pulled up in the parking lot of a bank. This, he said, is the bank I shall be robbing. They don't close for another few hours. Let's go in and say hello, he gestured to Shadow. Reluctantly, Shadow got out of the car and followed Wednesday in. If the old man was going to do something stupid, Shadow could see no reason why his face should be on the camera, but curiosity pulled him in, and he walked into the bank. He looked down at the floor, "'rubbed his nose with his hand, doing his best to keep his face hidden. "'Deposit forms, ma'am?' said Wednesday to the loan teller. "'Over there. Very good. And if I were to need to make a night deposit?' And that's our page. On this page, Wednesday's promised bank heist begins to come together. But first, there's a number of different discussions on the page worth noting. First, Wednesday is continuing to rant about the Statue of Liberty, and Liberty herself, and America more generally— It's a reflection of Mr. Ibis' words when he was talking about S.C. Tregowan's story. On page 85, Mr. Ibis noted that much of what schoolchildren are taught about American history is more of a sketch compared to a full illustration that history really is. Here, Wednesday continues in a similar vein. America as a country is full of people who aren't truly American. They come from various countries and arrived at various times, but if you go back far enough, no one's 100% American. Of course, we could have the discussion about native tribes who thousands of years ago crossed maybe a land bridge, say, to America to get here, or boats across a wide, expansive ocean. But even then, they came from somewhere else to get here. How long does someone or someone's family have to reside in the country to be considered truly, capital T, American? Wednesday' opinion is that no one can ever be truly American. Wednesday also chides Shadow for being so easily led by a pretty face, and I think it's odd because Wednesday himself was sleeping with the uh, rat-faced woman from the desk at the Motel America. So he also maybe, well, I don't know. At this point, he seems to also suffer from what he calls man's eternal folly, and I do think that it's interesting that Shadow, that as Wednesday seems to preclude himself from these processions. Shadow doesn't ask, you're not a man. Instead, he just asks, you're not American. It continues on the theme of Shadow not paying attention to the odd and weird shit that's going on around him. But that's okay. At the end of the chapter, or nearly so, he'll be seeing things with a whole new set of eyes. They also briefly discuss Shadow's wager with Chernobog, and again, Wednesday is a bit humorous in stating that Shadow has much to look forward to. Wednesday doesn't seem particularly concerned about Shadow's eventual fate, nor does he seem all that concerned about the possibility of Chernobog passing on. Wednesday hired a driver and a bodyguard, and he won't need Shadow once their mission is done, so whatever happens to him after the events take place, he doesn't really seem to care. Wednesday also drops the detail that Chernobog, and also maybe even himself, might not live through the coming conflict. Wednesday is a gallows god and a war god, so his manner of looking at the situation can only really come from this perspective. War is coming, he's bringing it to the new gods first, and anyone involved in it could die, including the gods. They arrive at the bank, and Shadow's thoughts mirror mine, Why show your face at the bank? You're going to rob. Of course, this was written in late 99 through 2000, so cameras were not nearly as prevalent, nor were they of the quality that they would be now. At the same time, Shadow still goes inside, and I think we can boil this down to Wednesday's charms again. Part of the deal that Shadow made with Wednesday at the beginning of, the, of their time together was that he wouldn't go back to jail. And so this certainly seems like an odd plan, especially the portion where Wednesday goes in and acts like a normal bank patron. But we know, at least I know, and since we're doing this as a reread, we do know that Wednesday isn't stupid. And even if we haven't figured out exactly how crafty he can be, we can we can certainly see that he's got a plan and he's moving forward with it. So we can talk about it more, though, as the chapter goes on. Now I get to do the vocabulary lesson of the page. The only word that really stuck out to me was jism. It is unpleasant both on the tongue, well, ew, literally and figuratively. The original meaning comes from the early to mid-1800s, was spirit or energy, meaning that if someone were described as jizzless described as at the time, it would have meant apathetic or perhaps slothful. Green's Dictionary of Slang states that jism was first used to mean semen in the late 1800s and was then used in the American South through the 30s and 40s to refer to gravy. Then came back around to mean ejaculate and or the act of ejaculating in the 80s and 90s the site itself cannot provide or does not provide any sources so i can't exactly figure out why jism would be referred to as gravy i mean i can i can make assumptions and guesses for certain but why would you go from using it as slang for ugh i just don't get it it it's it's not a good word for gravy, and I don't know that I'm ever gonna eat chicken fried steak again, so fantastic. Other terms that it was used in in the nineteen eighties, supposedly the phrase lick someone's jizz would mean to be impressed by. And I guess so I mean I guess if I was impressed by someone. No. I don't think so. I don't think I'd ever use that phrase. That's bizarre but the site did remind me of the term Jizz Rocket and the all-one-word term Jizz Trumpet, so that's something. Also, to go completely off the page and veer straight off into a galaxy far, far away, Jizz, spelled J-I-Z-Z, is the style of music played by Figrin Dan in the modal nodes in the cantina scene in the original Star Wars movie. Anyhow, if you never wanted to hear me say Jizz, Jizzum, Ejaculate, Sperm, cum, or nut in such a way. Well, I apologize, but now you've heard it. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James' Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.